Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den. Kule Agbayani, Alan Mia. Woo! It's already been an eventful morning. <laughs> Just making it here on time. But I'm here nonetheless, which I'm used to kind of Alan sneaking in at the last minute. But Whoa. sometimes, sometimes every now and then, every now and then I have my moments and I'm like just getting in here, like walking into the studio at 7.59. Ladies and gentlemen, Woo. if you see that bus with a body underneath it, that is uh, the body of Alan Mia and Cooley <laughs> is driving that bus. Whoa. Oh man, it's, it's, it's crazy out there. So everyone make sure you're driving uh, safe. And man, there, there's like... Yesterday, there. I mean, there was like the rock slides, and then the like the we said. I, I, yeah, I remember seeing condo. that alert yesterday about the traffic light falling down, and we mentioned it, but it wasn't until after the show that I actually saw video of that light pole falling down, and I'm like, holy smokes! Fortunately, as a lot of the recent uh, weather causes that are happening like trees falling down light poles falling down rock slides fortunately so far and hopefully it stays that way nobody seems to have been injured like the light pole falling down had just missed those cars going through that intersection by the blaisdell i'm like my goodness and good thing nobody was walking in that crosswalk that could have been bad too so stay safe out there we don't want any you know anything that we can prevent outside of mother nature like just drive safe uh, there was a little bit of a traffic slash stalled vehicle where I was um, on Ala Moana and Ward-ish. But the thing I didn't get, so nobody really knew what was going on. And I think cars, I think the reason why it was stalled is because people didn't really know to go around. Because the person didn't even have their e-lights on. So I'm like, and I love how the, you call them e-lights. You mean your hazards? Emergency lights. Hazards? E-lights. E-lights. Uh, no one calls them e-lights. That's the way I call them. That's what I've heard. E-lights. <laughs> but they didn't. So you're in the middle of the lane and you don't have your lights on. Hazard lights. No, I like e-lights better. E-lights on. The e-lights. So nobody knows. To, nobody knows to go around until the very last second. And that was causing a major backup over there in Alamona Boulevard. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. This is just. <sighs> But we're here. <laughs> All it, right. It is. It has been. A, you know what? It has been an adventure, even for me. And I live right up the street. It's just traffic today was bad. There's a lot of closures, as you heard from Taizo, and just traffic lights out, power outages. I know here at the station we suffered one sometime last night. So, uh, you know, just be safe out there, guys. Uh, speeding is not going to get you there much quicker. May, what? Maybe by a minute or two. That's no, really the, yeah. the 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 gist of it. So, just be safe. You'll get to your destination, and more importantly, you'll get there alive and with the safety of others. So Exactly. Just that's your PSA for today. That's your PSA. And and use your e-lights. <laughs> I cannot with you. I got to look it up. I swear people say e-lights. I, you might be the only person in America well, that calls Well, there's a lot of things I do. It's just myself. It's just my own. And that's You're a one-man party. I am. I am. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm all thrown this, off. Now this is my table, and you one, can't sit at it. Yeah, one minute before before the show starts, so I didn't get my you know my equilibrium's a little off right now. I'm like I didn't get settled in, and I'm like, woo, let's get ready to go. All right, coming up after this show, be sure to stick around for Sharks Weekly coming up for live from the DSC Hawaii Esports Arena on HPU's Aloha Tower Marketplace campus. And today it will feature HPU softball. So head coach Jarnett Lono will be out there with Jeffrey Rich. I'm 
I'm not sure how many players or which players will be out there, but it's always it's always going to be a good time with Coach Shorty. And speaking of softball, HP softball, we do have HP softball this Saturday versus Concordia Irvine. Kyle Galdera and maybe or maybe not Alan Mia. You just never know these days. I'm not holding my breath because I will be there. <laughs> but will, will there be a game? This weather I, is just so funky. I, that I don't know and, and I can't guarantee you. And on the windward side, you just never know. But we'll have that coming up on Saturday. But tomorrow, actually, we will also have the HPU women's basketball team versus Concordia Irvine in the first round of the PacWest basketball tournament. Since it's right here in Hawaii at Chaminade. So if you guys want to go check it out, you can go. It's in the middle of the day, though. So uh, 1230 p.m. is the broadcast or the game start time. Again, first round. Looking for big things with HP Women's Basketball. Paul Brecht. We're going to throw him into the deep end there. He'll be he'll be bringing you the play by play. Yeah. I, I just saw Paul. Paul. I just saw Paul outside right now. Poor guy sitting on his moped. Looks freezing cold. He's got his hoodie on. <laughs> He's like 23. He's fine. <laughs> Suck it up. Yeah. He's fine. He's Poor guy looks three years old. He's he got this. Now if he was like, you know, I mean, I'm only like a couple years older than him, so we can handle. We can handle. So it happens, Alan. You're so far removed from the your twenties, like, you know, like we are, so it's okay. <laughs> it's sad because it's true. <laughs> As Alan yesterday during our breaks were t- was telling me about how like he's like my back is sore everything's sore and totally everything hurts stretch your hamstrings and your glutes and everything but anyways all right I don't want to I don't want to get into that now because there's a bunch of stuff going on this morning as I'm kind of getting my bearings now like I said walking in one minute before the show starts but as always that's because not only do I drive like a grandma on a regular basis I drive like a grandma especially when the weather's dangerous and the roads are wet so hopefully everyone like Alan said that's your PSA drive safe uh the and that leads us into our topic that's why with Jalen Carter the top NFL draft prospect has actually been charged with racing in that fatal crash that killed one of the staff members for Georgia and a player not too long ago. So this is NFL Combine Week and everything that's going on. So he's been charged with reckless driving and racing in connection with that crash that killed the teammate and recruiting staff member. The police department in Georgia has issued an arrest warrant obtained Wednesday by the Associated Press, which alleges Carter was racing his 2021 Jeep Trackhawk against the 2021 Ford Expedition, driven by the recruiting staffer, 24-year-old Chandler LaCroix, which led to the wreck on January 15th. So that's going to affect a bunch of stuff. And it's, it's, it's interesting because I was actually planning to open the show with the NFL mock draft because Mel Kuyper came out with a very interesting scenario, one that I haven't seen. I remember last week we talked about the Florida quarterback via CBS Sports mock draft going number one. Well, Mel Kuyper actually posed an interesting thing, but I wonder how this all shakes up now that the top draft prospect, a.k.a. the one that the Bears were projected to pick, how it kind of is going to shake up everything and uh it's weird though reading the story and it like in Georgia right because it talks about how he had left the scene and he came back maybe like within two hours like later but then 
one officer, I guess, took his statement and, you know, was just like, all right, you didn't really have anything to do with it. But I don't know if, Ellen, you had time yet or if anyone's watching, like, the Murdoch murder trials and just how intertwined kind of things are in the South and where a lot of things. And we were talking about the whole Alabama situation with basketball and how certain people are essentially above the law and how this was able to kind of drag out. But fortunately, this department did their due diligence and was able to determine that there was another car involved and it ended up being driven by Jalen Carter leading to this fatal crash. So the only the only thing is, though, is that in that part of the like in Georgia, like the reckless driving and everything is only a misdemeanor. So I'm not sure what exactly the extent of the charges will be moving forward. Again, leaving the scene of a crime, though, I haven't been able because this came out this morning. I haven't really been able to dive into what the laws are in Georgia because it varies between states. But I mean, it's just crazy when you read this story and everything going into the draft again. So this is where Mel Kuyper's draft when I was watching last night was interesting. So the Chicago Bears have the number one pick in this year's NFL draft. Mel Kuyper who is, you know, he's kind of known for his mock drafts year in and year out that are, hmm, I wouldn't say it's always right, but either way, he has interesting scenarios. So Chicago has the number one pick. He has the Houston Texans trading up one spot to take quarterback Bryce Young out of Alabama. (laughs) So Chicago trades back. Houston has the number two overall pick. So Houston trades up. Chicago trades down. For one slot, taking quarterback, again, Bryce Young out of Alabama, which I can see that. I feel like everyone's kind of thinking he or hoping he will have the potential of Jalen Hurts because his the big knock against Bryce Young so far has been just his overall size. Doesn't have much of it, but we've seen quarterbacks of a smaller size be successful. But that's been his only knock. And like I said, I think everyone's hoping that he will turn out to be similar to like a Jalen Hurts. Um, I do I think Chicago should even risk taking a quarterback that I don't entirely believe in. I don't think so. So smart for them to move out of that number one slot, get back a bunch of draft picks. And so and number two, so this is where it gets interesting. So Chicago trades back one spot. And then they trade back again. The Colts move up. So this whole time we've been talking about all right, the Colts are going to trade up from four to one with Chicago. But I love Mel Kuyper's thinking where, hey, Chicago trades back one. Houston goes up, drafts their quarterback. Chicago trades again for the Colts to move up to number two to draft their quarterback, Ohio State's C.J. Stroud. So Chicago still ends up with the fourth overall pick. Plus a boatload of other picks. Exactly. You get a bunch of... Of stuff, And then the Arizona Cardinals stay there at three. He has Will Anderson Jr., outside linebacker out of Alabama, going number three overall to the Cardinals. But, of course, this came out before everything happened this morning with Jalen Carter. So at the number four pick, Chicago is still drafting Jalen Carter, which this whole thing is going to just blow up. I don't even know what to expect anymore. This is insane. Like, like. We're still trying to dive into the Alabama basketball player situation. And now you have this with Jalen Carter 
out of Georgia with the combine and the draft coming up. Actually, next month. It's already March. I'm like, in a couple of months, but it's March 1st. Holy moly. Hello, people. We're at March. <laughs> so the draft is coming up next month. You don't know how long this trial and whatnot and charges are going to drag out. Yeah, there they're. I mean, according to reports, they're working on a deal right now for, for Carter to turn himself in. Um, it, it's kind of a weird situation. Uh, I guess the, the car that LaCroix... Um, were driving couldn't navigate a turn so that caused the crash that killed of course a staffer and, and a player of georgia and then but i guess their toxology report said that they had like a 0.197 blood alcohol but they said carter didn't show signs of drinking or or any other substance in his body if i read that correctly i could have read it wrong because i kind of skimmed through it when i first saw it too no um, that, that that's what it said but again that's where i go back but to. that's because the officer, but then again like oh you yeah, look fine. but then again, also, you know, what's dicey for me is he left the scene, came back two hours later, and that's kind of awkward in itself, too. And and it's like you said, I, I wholeheartedly agree, especially in the South, when it comes to these athletes and these players, you know, in certain sports and certain lifestyles, they, you know, you hate to say it, but it's just the reality of life. You know, they're they're held to a different standard and, and they get away with a little bit more than the normal average human being like you and I would. But that's why, like I said, it's interesting. And that that's what it was. That's what I was missing. I was like, I know it was something that was giving me the the feeling that, all right, who was the officer that observed him? Because they said he wasn't showing signs. And you can just say that. You're like, oh, he wasn't showing signs, yeah. even though maybe he was. And you're just the officer that's like, don't worry, kid. Like, I know who you are. And... You know, like, I'm not going to say anything, basically. And he returned to our, he's a big dude. He returned, like, yeah, a couple hours later. He would the be car, sober by then, yeah, the, you would think. The car LaCroix was driving, I believe it was going at around 104 miles yeah. an hour. So it was really, really fast. And like Alan said, hit the curb on the passenger side and basically hit a light pole and a tree split in two. And it took the lives of the player. The The player that was in the vehicle in the passenger seat did die at the scene. And then LaCroix was taken to the hospital where she later died. But I mean, it just kind of the, the entire thing, because it was actually like a Georgia vehicle. It wasn't her personal vehicle. And that vehicle was only supposed to be used, obviously, for school or team related things and not speeding. So it's just a tragic story entirely, but this is where it's like interesting to look at everything. And like I said, I didn't get to look at all the Georgia laws yet up until this point, because it was just, I just saw it like pop up this morning, but yeah, I'm curious to see what this leads to come NFL draft day. I Okay. I have a problem with what like just, like the way these guys think nowadays, it's like you're driving SUVs. SUVs are not intended to race. You run, you're you're running a Jeep. Now you're running against the Expedition. What are you guys doing? They don't handle curves. The slightest of of changes in in motion affect a SUV more so than if you're driving a car. I'm not saying racing is is okay, anyways. Uh, street racing. Um, it's, we got to be smarter as a society. We, we, these things are so easily avoidable, and, and two lives are unfortunately lost right now, and you got a third whose life is forever going to be changed. And, and, and the problem I have is he was going to go about his business like he had nothing to do with it. And, that, yeah. and that's the thing that bothers me the most, too. Like, I don't know. 
it, it doesn't sit well with like J- with me that Jalen Carter was just going to go about his business as if none of this ever happened. Oh yeah, one hundred percent, and that's why as you know, obviously we're talking about and dissecting this whole situation, but also just as a Bears fan, like. I don't think I want this guy on the team, yeah. you know. But someone's going to give him an opportunity. But then at the same time, see, this is where it gets all dicey. Like, you're that young of a player. Like, you've been drinking, even though cops say you weren't. But it's all speculation. You might be, yeah, it's all speculation. So he's speeding, sees the car, like, crash, leaves, probably freaking out at the time. It's all about, like, okay, did he, was there that ill intent to just leave or was he just genuinely scared? And there's like all these things that like you can peel apart. But at the end of the day, I'm like, he still left though. And it's your teammate. Yeah. That's the thing that bothers me. You left, you left your teammate and someone on the staff that I'm pretty sure you became close with. Otherwise, why would you guys even be racing and driving around at whatever time it was in the morning that this happened or at night? Not sure if it was at night or day actually. Night, well, it was, it was like after their yeah, celebration. Yeah, it was after their celebration. So I'm assuming it's like really super late at night. And I just, how you left them, I I can't fathom it. Like, how do you not render aid? Yeah. That's, that's the thing, so. Anyways, gotta step aside. We'll be back on Wake Up in the Den. <laughs> Yo, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I'll tell you what I want. this week i'm just having way too much fun with the music this week you gotta change it up no it's been good throw you a curveball every now and then I alan know, i don't know about the next song you got coming up though i even forget what it beyonce no. <laughs> i did have a like a taylor swift listening party last night so you're fortunate that there's not taylor swift in there this morning did you really yeah i didn't have a taylor swift dance party though but i was feeling like taylor swift mood so i was having a listening party for a party of one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta do that. You gotta do the things that bring you joy and no judgment. Speaking of joy, though, just a quick story driving in this morning, despite all the traffic. I need to give a shout out to the older gentleman that goes on his like morning walks, like by kind of like by downtown. Um, I usually pass him when I'm passing Alakea, like that corner, and he's you know, on walking on Alamona Boulevard. But he always just brings a smile to my face because he's an older gentleman and he wears like a bucket hat and he wears like these like kind of short shorts and but they're like really bright. And he always just like has this smile on his face when he's walking and he's like doing his like arm circles and stuff. And I'm like, every time I see him, I'm like, yeah, you go on with your He's wearing a bucket hat? Yes. Sure, it's not my father-in-law. No. <laughs> sure. Walks around that area every morning. No. 
definitely not. He's a Caucasian gentleman. <laughs> so not yeah. your father-in-law. No. <laughs> he's probably friends with my father-in-law, though. Maybe. Because he's, he's made friends with, like, all those people. It's weird. Maybe. But he's out there every time, even though it's, like, the weather's like this. And I passed him this morning. I'm like, huh. That's like, yeah, that's Still like my, going on your walk. I love like it. That's like my father-in-law, like, yesterday. Oh, no, when did I see him? I saw him. Yeah, yesterday I was like. To go to the the beach today because he goes every morning, goes across the street, walks all the on, and then goes in the water. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I never miss it. I was like, you are absolutely insane. Windy, super windy, rainy, and he's like, ah, oh, I'm in the water me. anyway. So I'm like, you know, even though I don't think he you're a nut job. Yeah. <laughs> even though I don't think that gentleman is one of our uh, million six and a half listeners, I still had to give him a shout out regardless because every time I pass him in the mornings, it makes me smile. Like I said, it's just because he has the biggest smile on his face as he's standing at the traffic light sometimes. And, oh, I love it. Just thinking about it. I'm like, oh, he's so awesome. So go out, be you, do the things that bring you joy, like Taylor Swift dance parties or listening parties. (laughs) It's awesome. Anyways, getting back on track, uh, switching gears a little bit, like still keeping with the NFL, but. Yeah, this is the interesting thing we didn't get to yesterday. Uh, by the way, coming up also at the other side of the break, we will talk a little Rainbow Warrior Volleyball and hear from Cole Hoglin at their media availability yesterday. But uh, with the NFL, the this is we were talking about Eric Bieniemy yesterday and Alan brought up just kind of going, of all places, <laughs> going to the place that is just a bleep show in every other regards like aside from taking over a team and now the team has no quarterback because they released him Carson Wentz to free up cap space which was a smart move to be honest but nonetheless still rebuilding a team and at the same time the organization itself being that Dan Snyder has already allowed a toxic work environment but there's all this information now that an April 2020 financial report revealed a $55 million credit line the commanders had taken out 16 months earlier without the knowledge and required approval of owner Dan Snyder's minority partners, according to sources. And it said, the sources said that the, uh, in quotation marks, the secret $55 million loan has become a primary focus of federal prosecutors in Virginia who are investigating allegations of financial misconduct by Snyder and the commanders. Prosecutors acquired the partner's NFL arbitration petition and other supporting materials, including emails and letters between team executives and bank lawyers during a confidential arbitration. Former minority partners Robert Rothman, Dwight Shar, and Frederick Smith demanded that the NFL investigate the origin of Snyder's loan, but neither NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell nor the NFL arbitrator investigated the partner's allegation of financial wrongdoing. Loans and lines of credit obtained without the approval of Washington's board of directors violate the team's shareholder agreement bank of america officials asked team execs repeatedly for proof that the board had approved the loan but the team execs never turned over a copy of the board approval before the loan closed and one team lawyer later acknowledged in a letter that the board approval doesn't exist 
The former partners protested the loan after they discovered it in a financial report's fine print. They then started looking closely into the team's finances and found Snyder was using the team as his personal piggy bank, which is a huge no-no just because you own something, like, especially when you have other shareholders. Can't do that. That included changing the team four and a half or charging the team four and a half million dollars to put its logo on his private jet. Sources said that the criminal inquiry is being led by a team of FBI and IRS agents. That's not fake news, people. This, no, that's this, real news. This is why I said for Eric Bieniemy, like, go anywhere. Why them though? Because you're gonna be part of like where off-field distractions are gonna take center stage, and it's gonna affect what's on the field. Because I don't care what anybody tells me about organizations, there is no way to separate the two. There's just no way. Because they're faced with questions every day. You just don't hear about them in the media because a lot of it's either off the record or they they really didn't get much quotes. But they're going to be hounded with these questions. It, it's going to affect everything. Eric Bieniemy, you had pretty much the pick of the litter to go anywhere you wanted to. If it, I mean, again, maybe not now knowing how he did that interview with Schefter. <laughs> but... It just seems like I get wanting to like do a challenge, build something from nothing. I just don't know if that was the smart move. And that's the only thing that really bothers me about this move. It's not that he wants a challenge. It's simply you're going to a a, a team where there's a lot in flux right now with what's going to happen with that. It's going to be sold. Is it not going to be sold? Is it going to be league ran, which is another issue. And, and the financials, like, yeah, they say you have this, but are you really going to get that? I, I just, I don't know. It's, I just, there's a lot of other places I think he probably could have interviewed for and gone to. I just, I don't know if that's the challenge he should have taken. I just think it's interesting with like billionaire and billionaire problems. Like four and a half million dollars. I think it's funny that billionaires need to take out a $55, $55 million loan off their team when you're a billionaire. That's like $5,500 well, for Well, a lot of times though, right? That's not actual cash. No, I know that's that. That's the thing when it comes to, it's all just like assets and value and stocks. You know, like just because like Jeff Bezos is valued at whatever he is, he doesn't necessarily have that much money i know it's not cash. liquefied i know it's not liquefied it's frank mccourt all day every day yeah. the former owner owner the former owner of the los angeles dodgers dude's worth billions it's just all in property and assets so yeah. he didn't have cash flow because he wasn't willing to liquefy his assets to have cash at hand to run the dodgers that's why also there's new rules in place for major league baseball for new ownerships is you got to have the cash you can't have assets we don't care how much you're worth asset wise yeah we want to see what your cash flow is. So that way, should anything hit the fan, you have the cash to back it up. I just think, uh, like, when I talk about I think Bezos has the cash fair. But I think if you're a billionaire, you have the cash flow. Damn, but are you going to drop that much cash, though? I don't know. Yeah. I think it, I, like, you it's know, just, it's just a, when you just think of all of it, though, I'm like, Jeff Bezos in billionaire problems, he probably is the one that hired people to dig into this and figured it out because he's being blocked you're from a conspiracist i'm just i I'm just, just think saying i am when it comes to billionaires because i think billionaires are the most petty of everybody and they'll do that like we said i mean what's his name of the cleveland dan gilbert abstained from the vote of letting his competitor other fellow billionaire of buying the phoenix suns that's how that's what i mean it's like these billionaires are that petty you're just gonna you don't want to be that guy and vote against but you're just gonna abstain so i'm like 
I can see billionaires doing these billionaire things and I'm going to take up all the stuff I have on Dan Snyder. So at this point, he's going to be forced to sell the team to me. I don't know. <laughs> I think he should have been forced already, but. That's why the more dirt they dig up. You, I mean, if you're the NFL and you have all of this stuff against you, there comes a point where you're like, all right. I there's, guess. there's some days I look at the NFL as a whole and I just go, I, I think the NFL as a whole is a bleep show. No, I'm not talking about revenue wise and popularity. They're 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 top notch. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying the internal workings of the NFL. Roger Goodell and his 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 goonies. I, I just think I think overall they're they're a bleep show. <laughs> I I think they're just I wouldn't say a bleep show because yeah you can't be a bleep show and you can and be as as successful as they've been. I would say you're only as successful of- as your fans. Because they're the ones. I would ones- say you're at no, but they've made changes to their product and stuff. Unlike yeah. NBA, that's where I'm like, all right, that's a whole nother thing we got to do. Anyways, gotta take a break. We'll be back. Talk Rainbow Warrior volleyball next on Wake Up in the Den. You ready? Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den, Kule Ogbeani, Alan Mia, as he is totally doing the like twerking dance in here in the studio. You, you guys can't see it, but I he's totally twerk. twerking. I couldn't twerk if I wanted to. I would throw out my back and... <laughs> And pull hamstrings and glutes and all See, that. See, that's why your body's so tight because you don't have dance parties, like random dance parties on weekdays like I do. That's how I like kind of keep the, the blood flowing. You just got to like dance and, you know. Bruh. <laughs> it's not happening. I'm telling you. It's you not happening. I'm just saying. Makes you feel good. I'm just saying. Like the What'd you do tonight? Oh, I had a one-man dancing party. What'd you do? Oh, I was twerking in my uh, in the kids' playroom. <laughs> you don't twerk in the playroom. You just do it in the. It's the only room. off. It's the only room where the kid, if the kid's not in it, no one's in it. <laughs> so, why would you have to hide? Why I would- don't hide. <laughs> my oh. other half gets it. He's just like, oh, here she goes again with her dance parties. Oh, <laughs> bruh. All right. Anyways. So I highly encourage, trust me, it feels good. Just, yeah, anyways. Uh, <laughs> University of Hawaii men's volleyball returns to action tonight, taking on Pepperdine uh, at 7 p.m. at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. And also on Friday against Pepperdine as they, accord, or in this week's AVCA men's national collegiate coaches poll, Hawaii, of course, stands at the top and is the only undefeated team left in the country followed by number two ucla three penn state four long beach state five grand canyon six uc irvine and seven is where pepperdine sits who again they play tonight and friday night friday though is a big thing that will be the ring ceremony and the first three thousand fans will receive a commemorative coin and rally towels and the coin is pretty cool I like these commemorative coins. They gave out a commemorative coin, too, at the Aloha Stadium event, so that was cool. So for all of our men's volleyball fans, be sure you go down early, get your commemorative coin, and it should, as expected, it'll be a good match. You know, kind of had some easy matches the last four 
games, as we saw, Jakob Tella has been on his rest days. I hate using load management. It's just such a negative connotation because it thanks to the NBA. But fortunately, we got to see a lot of other players get some playing time. That's the good thing. So at least they, they get into the rotation, have their own dance parties. <laughs> but just coming off of those games against Concordia and LIU. But today continues their five-week homestand, again, against Pepperdine. And coming up, as I mentioned, some of those ranked teams They'll play Penn State on March 10th, UCLA, who I can expect or we can all expect to stay up there. Probably, yeah, yeah. Number two, barring anything crazy happening with Hawaii and this Pepperdine series or anything before they play UCLA. I mean, you're going to expect to see the number one and number two teams in the country play each other on March 11th. And then they open Big West play against Long Beach State, who at the moment is number four in the coaches poll. My goodness. We talked about this before, but just having Penn State, UCLA, Long Beach State, that's the number two, three, and four teams in the country right now. It's crazy. It's going to be awesome. They're about to go through the gauntlet, of course, uh, right here. And we've kind of been looking forward to this all all year long once, I mean— since the schedule was released that the this tournament was going to feature, again, Penn State making a return, UCLA making a return to the islands um, after a long hiatus due to COVID reasons and just travel restrictions. So, you know, it was always good. The one thing that worried me worries me going into this is not because I don't think they can handle their business because I think there's a big disparity between number one to no, even number two. Um, I mean, not much, but there's, there's a disparity between it. I think Hawaii is on a different level when it comes to talent-wise and just coaching. Um, the fact that the return, they also got that kind of just that leadership, that inexperience that maybe the other schools don't have. The thing that worries me, though, is when you play teams of lesser caliber, and, and that's no knock on the teams we've played recently, and and you get given guys, you know, ample time to play that normally wouldn't play, I, I think you start to take your starters and your normal guys out of their rhythm and out of their routine a little bit. Not much. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's detrimental, but I'm saying it could have an effect. And 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 sometimes when you go against like when you talk about this tournament coming up when you're facing or we're facing Pepperdine and then of course being number seven, then two, three, and four, it, it worries me that some of these guys won't be in exact rhythm and their their normal routine because they haven't really played lately because they've been playing these teams. Um, uh, well, that, pretty that much the only one that happen. hasn't played is Jakob. But He's then the even but the even other the guys other guys still but, get into the no, rotation like the, Chaz Galloway. Yeah, no, I get that. The other guys get into rotation, but really not as much as they normally would. So and it has an effect, especially when you go against two, three, four, because it's just again night and day compared to what you've been playing. So it it worries me. Do I think UH do I think UH handles their business? Yes. Do I think it's it's relatively with ease? No. I, I think because UCLA, Penn State, and, and Long Beach State are really good. Hey, don't overlook Pepperdine. I mean, in Pepperdine, <laughs> um, I I don't think it'll be you know easy like it's been, but I but I think they should handle their business. I just it does worry me though that you know Jakob Tele is not in rhythm. Yeah, we'll see how he's it goes not out of system, but he's out of rhythm. <laughs> I learned what that means, by the way, out of system. Yeah, I didn't realize that before. Yeah. <laughs> so Cole Hogland, though, earned his first Big West Defensive Player of the Week award for his performance last week. And the Waimanalo native became the fifth Rainbow Warrior to earn a conference weekly award and third to be named Defensive Player of the Week. And there was a media avail with him yesterday. And this is what he had to say. When you look at the run that you guys are on right now and you get a nationally ranked opponent back into your arena again, 
just the excitement level of knowing that this thing is climbing, climbing, climbing here from the start of the season. Yeah, uh, especially now we see who we play. Pepperdine's ranked, uh, I think, sixth overall, seventh. I'm not really sure, but just looking, you know, the schedule beyond them, you know, it's just a huge ramp up from what we've been doing for the past couple of weeks. You know, uh, we have them, then Long, or who's it? UCLA, Penn State, and uh, Long Beach. So I think this weekend. Well, starting this weekend, I think a lot of excitement is going to be coming around, especially with more people going to fill in the stands, and you know, hopefully, we have a lot of more people showing up because these three these three weekends are going to be probably the biggest weekends of the season so far. And it's exciting. Last week, the excitement level of this place with Keone doing what he was doing, and you, and I mean, it seemed like the energy in the arena was, was really climbing from the start of the season. How much do you feel that when you're on the court? Yeah, I feel a lot of it. You know, you look into the stands after every play and you see people's faces and you see them cheering for you or, like, the team itself. And it's just a great feeling knowing that people come come out to see you and, you know, celebrate, you know, what we're doing here as a program especially and just the culture overall of the team and, you know, just Hawaii, you know. It just shows goes to show, like, how big men's volleyball has become in, in the state. And I know wins are the most important thing, but when you get an honor like, like you did this week... Um, Especially defensively, uh, how much pride do you take in that in, in your growth on that side of the ball? Yeah, especially with the defense, I, I think I'd try to work more on it because I'm not really that tall of a person. And getting blocks is pretty hard to come by, especially in, uh, when you play D1 or just in any sport regular or just in volleyball. Just getting blocks is it's not something that you get a lot of. And to get, I think I had eight on Wednesday night was... You know, it's a lot of pride. I try to get as many as I can. When you get eight, it's a pretty big milestone. You just want to keep... Uh, going off of that and try to get more of the next game or just just more in general so well, how much of a test will this series with Pepperdine be for you guys yeah for sure it's gonna be a big test because we've already played them once in the preseason I think in November so just going off of that they know kind of what what we do and who we are so yeah you know just seeing how well we play against them how with it how well they come out especially with the amount of people they're playing in front of um, so it should be a good test especially you know, now that we're getting more comfortable with uh, whoever is setting, so yeah, Fr- what is it? Wednesday, Friday is gonna be fun. And you talk about kind of that that rotation, right? Of you know who's who's gonna be setting as far as these last couple series. You know, um, being able to have the success you guys have had with you know kind of different lineups. Um, you know, how, how what does that say about this team and how you guys are able to kind of adapt and and kind of move around and when uh, certain players aren't available. Yeah, it's just everyone's ready to play, you know, next man up. You know, everyone on the bench, you know, you go down the line, whoever, just put off any name. They're, they're working hard every day. You know, the, if they go in, you know, we know we can trust them to, to be and perform at the, the highest level they can and help us get uh, wins throughout the season. So, you know, whoever comes in, I'm, I'm cool with whoever comes in. I just try to make them feel as comfortable. We try to help uh, whoever comes in just feel as comfortable as they can so they can perform at their, their best level. Um, talking about kind of just the, the, the lineup changes, you know, uh, for, for you as a, as a fellow local boy, you know, how cool or how, how, yeah, how cool is it just to see, you know, some of the other local boys on, on the team getting their shot and getting their opportunity these last couple matches, these last couple series, you know, Eleu and Alakai and, and Kanai, you know, you know, just kind of seeing them get that, that shot. Yeah, the energy is a bit different with a, with a new person coming on, especially local boys coming out. So having them on the court is pretty you know you get more and more well it's only been two three four at most i think this season but when we're in some games we had five or six i don't know we can't get a 
I mean, Jakob's basically a little yeah. boy. <laughs> those guys, so just seeing, you know, it's just a different kind of mindset that I go through. You know, I see more local boys go on. I want to have more fun with them. And, you know, when we have more fun, I think we, we tend to play a little better. So, you know, just seeing them playing with them, it just kind of brings back, you know, if we play in the summer together or just back to high school when I used to play against all these guys. So. See, Alan, and that's why it's been fun having all the local <laughs> boys in the rotation. Again, that was Cole Hoglin, the conference uh, Big West Defensive Player of the Week. Again, the Rainbow Warriors return to action tonight versus Pepperdine. And that will be at 7 p.m. at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. The number seven ranked, actually, Pepperdine against our number one and undefeated Rainbow Warrior Volleyball Team. Friday, though, is also the big night again versus Pepperdine, but it will be the ring ceremony and the first 3,000 fans will receive a commemorative coin. We'll be back in just a little bit on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. to pop his head. There you go. I'm a big Missy Elliott fan. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> okay. I, I, okay. Yeah. As you guys noticed, it's been a just very diverse set of music. But that's the fun thing. Like, I like all kinds of music. So it's just, it's going to be all over the place. I mean, even like my pregame music playlist when I used to um, play soccer, it had like anything and everything from like rock to classical so that kind of gets the so sets the tone of just letting you guys know a little bit about me i did listen to a lot of classical music before games and then people hyped it up a little bit with some rock people think that's weird but it's really not it like i i think because i i like classical music before games too because there's there's a ramp up in classical music yeah. that just like internally gets you going without you even really knowing it gets you going and then also has the common effect when you're getting too amped up and you kind of and, and getting too jittery and the nerves are starting to kick in. It has a means to calm you down as well, but then also kind of rise, get you to rise up a little bit as well. Classical music is actually a really good playlist to listen to before matches or before games or whatever sport you play. It's just funny. People will never give it its true credit because you have to really appreciate music to like classical music. Yeah. And to be specific, it was Requiem of a Dream, which is a very it's weird because it started getting actually pretty popular these days. Like if, if you guys were to like look it up, you'll know exactly what song I'm talking about. And it has like the I think it's like a six, seven minute <laughs> song, but it does have like that real ramp up in the end. It's just like rah, you get all fired up at the end of it. And there's yeah. nothing like hearing a full orchestra yeah. like doing classical music and, and when it does ramp up to the crescendo yeah. and and then you have like everything going at once, you're just you can't help but like feel actually like I'll do what you just did. What you just did. Ah! Yep. Exactly Great like stuff. that. Wish I could have showed your guys the no. face of Alan, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anyways, no, we're talking about Rainbow Warrior volleyball and it's just like there's so much stuff going on and I'm so bummed because I'm gonna likely miss next week's game. The more I think about it, I was like, wait a minute, I'm not even here because I'll be in Las Vegas for the Big West basketball tournament. And not only that, but there's like, so in Las Vegas next week, that's why the 
hotels and everything are so expensive. Well, one, it's just like the start of March Madness. But next week, there is obviously the Big West Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament. Also, you have Mountain West and the one and only Pac-12 tournament going on as well. So I'm like, oh my goodness, there's so much stuff going on. And I'm just hoping that next week I'll be able to go and see my favorite player, Haley Jones, for Stanford. (laughs) That's all I was looking at. I think they play on Thursday at like 1230. So depending on how the these next couple of days go for the Rainbow Wahine and Rainbow Warriors, I'm hoping that wherever they're playing falls around that Stanford game. But and it's like everywhere, like the games are all kinds of different places. Like the Pac-12 men's tournament is at T-Mobile. Then the women's tournament is at Michelob Ultra Arena, which is at the Mandalay Bay. It's my and favorite then- arena. Yeah, it's really good. I've I only like been the there name. once to watch. Oh, I was like, I went to go watch the Aces play there. That was like the only time I went. Where's it at? It's nice. Mandalay Bay. Mandalay Bay. Yeah. So then, and then you have like Thomas and Mac has the Mountain West tournament. And then the Dollar Loan Arena is where the Big West is held. And it's just like all over the place. And I'm like, oh, there's so much going on. I don't know which games I'm going to go to. And this MGM, what's, is, is this still called the is it called the Garden at MGM? The arena in inside MGM? It used to be called the Garden, I think. Good question. I forget what it's called. Hmm. I don't know. Because then they have that other one, too, at, like, the Orleans. Has, like, an arena in there, too. Yeah, yeah. And it's really cool You because, like, you, you know, you go... You don't realize underneath the casino or underneath the hotel, yeah. there's like a full-on like, arena, what? like a 10,000-seat arena. <laughs> I remember underneath. the first time I found that out, which wasn't too long ago, I was like... There's an arena in here. I remember, Where is it? Yeah, no, I remember the first time um, the Kings used to have this thing. Well, they kind of still have it, but it used to be called the Frozen Fury. It was a hockey, preseason hockey game uh. at the MGM. And I remember the first time going with my brother, I was like, I was like, where's the game at? And he was like, oh, it's at the MGM Hotel and Casino. And I'm like, no, really, where's this thing at? <laughs> like, what? Yeah, I'm like, no, really, where's it? He's like, no, seriously. And then sure enough, lo and behold, it's there and it seats about – Eight, nine thousand to ten thousand people, and that's where UFC used to do a lot of their matches before, of course, T-Mobile Arena and everything. And and so it's really, really darn cool to be a part of that to see that. But like, it's funny. A lot of people don't know a lot of these hotels actually have arenas. No, in I there. know. Like, that's yeah. how massive these hotels. I mean, even like the one in Mandalay, you wouldn't even expect like, huh? Because we're so used to, to like a separate structure, you know, like the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. You're used to to like seeing the arena as a standalone structure. But they have built these arena type of centers inside these hotels. And I was the same way when I, again, only recently I realized that there was one in the Mandalay Bay. And I'm like, huh? We're going to an Aces game? Where? Like, it's right here. Like, but because in your mind, you're like, are we going to like a convention center ballroom or something? But then you walk into the entrance and and you're like, whoa, this is all over here. So, yeah. So either way, like there are a bunch and all the UH people are going to be there next week as well. A bunch of people for the tournament. And then but then you have big time vo- men's volleyball happening. And oh, by the way, Hawaiian Airlines. Uh Oh, when I was looking at flights yesterday, because I still don't know when I'm leaving, because I'm hoping that the like both men's and women's teams won't play until either Wednesday and Thursday. You know, they won't have to play the first round base. If it were to end today, they wouldn't play on Tuesday. So I'm anticipating that I'll be leaving on like sometime Wednesday or whatnot. But so I was kind of looking at flights and usually, you know what I'm used to, like if 
seats are running low. Okay, you're going to jack up the price a little bit. Coach, round trip. How many times have you looked for flights, though? It's based on your cookies. Try to delete your cookies. And it'll lower the prices No, this back was down. when it first I first oh, looked it up. Wow. $1,000. Uh, I think they know what's going on that weekend. <laughs> round trip to Las Vegas. My goodness. And there's a lot of, I looked at the seats. There's a lot of seats available, too. Like, when, what happened? Gone are the days. It was like 600 bucks. My goodness. Anyways, stick around. Sharks Weekly coming up next with HPU Softball, head coach Darnett Lono. For Alan Mia, I'm Kule Agbayani. It's been Wake Up in the Den. Bye.